Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Golf Strong Podcast. It's a Thursday. We're about to talk about some arthritis. That's my whole intro. I got I got nothing better than that. <laughs> As always, <laughs> with my man, Dr. Tim Rivoto, who everybody, a giant round of applause for the new dad. Hell yeah, man. It's exciting stuff. It's fun. It, not much sleep, but hey, here we are. Not, not much sleep. Not much sleep. And naturally, they decided that, you know, we're just going to wait. We're going to wait it out. We're going to find out if this baby's a boy or girl when they come out. We're just going to hold out. I'm going to hold up. I applaud you for that. I will Thank not. You. I will Thank not, you. I will, not, I will not be able to do that. It was, I mean, it was like easy initially. And then as you get closer, you're like, eh, why don't you just, why don't we just find out? Like, wouldn't that be kind of cool? It's been, and then you're like, no, it's been eight months. You gotta, you gotta hold out. Stick it out. You gotta hold. You've got the two, the devil and the angel on your shoulder. Like, eh, come on. It'd be nice to find out. It's like the greatest but, gift of all time. Like the most beautiful thing in the world is having a child. And you're like, I, you know, we don't have to know what they're going to be. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But baby, baby boy. Little baby boy. Yeah. Highly baby, recommend it. Baby. <laughs> hey, listen, after Tim and I off air, we're talking about I was in New Orleans this past weekend for a wedding. And uh, after seeing the creatures walking down Bourbon Street and the like children just rocking no clothes, you know. Yes. That's the style. Lord knows, Lord knows I'm going to have girls because of that. But <laughs> And that the world might be like, better for it. It might be better for you to have daughters that are actually, uh, you know, fine, upstanding, bad, respectable women. I'd have badass girls. Yeah, They'd be in like jujitsu when they're able to do stuff. I'll have them like shooting at targets when they're like three years old. They'll be, they'll be, they'll be pretty awesome. Perfect. But, but. Whew. You just can't unsee. For anybody that's not been to New Orleans, it's unapologetically repulsive, <laughs> but it's fun. Like, there's no better food in the world. I've never had better food in my life. And just Cajun pure fun delicious. everywhere, right? Pure, pure yeah. fun outside oh, they have, like, everywhere. Open container laws. You can walk around drinking. There's crazy people everywhere, which isn't always a good thing, but it's good for some laughs. Yeah. It's all night days. long. People are, yeah, yeah. For, for a couple of days, it's nice. The garden district is beautiful. It actually kind of reminded me a little bit of Boston. Kind of nice. like the old houses built on top of one another, but it was, it was nice. French quarter. Yeah, you go from like beautiful restaurant, homelessness, people peeing on walls. Everything smells like vomit and urine and booze. Yeah. yeah you know, sounds five star hotel. <laughs> strippers it's just it's uh it's a really an interesting interesting place but uh a lot of fun a lot of fun nonetheless so we are gonna rock out arthritis today which is a hot topic we talk about it often with clients and patients of ours uh very misunderstood uh and really abused by the healthcare system in terms of what people are told about arthritis. Like it's this big boogeyman that we have to be terrified of. So we're going to debunk some myths on that, talk some misconceptions, uh, discuss what you need to know about arthritis and how it applies to you, the golfer, and what that looks like, especially long-term as we, as we move forward. So 
that's all going to be on the agenda today. I think we might even talk a little Roy McElroy after a big win this past weekend where he looked like Superman. I guess everybody did. There was like, what, 15 people over 15? Yeah, it, it was a shorter course. It was like 6,800 yards or something like that. So you're always going to get some low scores, but uh, you still got to hit the shot. So still played very, very well. Yes, that was. I, I won't argue that he because Morikawa was one back. Also, Ricky Fowler, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Had himself a I Saturday. Need, I need Ricky to be back. I think so. We might be on the verge. We'll see. Rory Rory said he thinks he is. He was watching uh he was watching Ricky closely. He said that in uh, one of his interviews. Yeah. yeah. I think we're on the verge. I think we're on the verge. So close. So close. I just I need to see the big orange just out there. Orange on fun. Sunday. Orange on Sunday. That's right. Love to see it. All right. So let's let's start off with a little bit of a definition here. So a lot of people, what we should really do is send out a survey to all of our social media people and ask them, what is arthritis? What do you think arthritis is? Because a lot of people have these misconceptions that it's like, well, arthritis is, you know, a bunch of inflammation inside of my joint or arthritis is when I'm bone on bone or arthritis is when I don't have enough cartilage or everybody has these like weird misconceptions about it. But truly, Osteoarthritis, which is the operative term that we'll use, is a condition that basically means you have joint pain, stiffness, and limitation that affects your motion at a joint. That's what that's what arthritis globally is. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's inflammation. It's just a condition that's stiffness, pain, and you have trouble moving the joint. That's what arthritis is. Uh, generally speaking, when we're looking at like where arthritis affects the knees is number one by a landslide. Most people expect it's like 80, 80%, around 80%, yeah, um, there. affects the knees. Uh, and then after that, you've got, you know, hips, hands, any joint can have arthritis. That's right. the point of it. But that is what arthritis is. It is any kind of pain, limitation, uh, stiffness at a joint yep and so, usually we're talking people older right so we're talking usually over 45 or over 55 right um so you know Although you can have in common in younger people yeah you can have some some conditions uh in in really young kids you can that are usually more genetic conditions and then you can also have you know people in their 20s and 30s who either had some sort of serious injury or i don't know you know certain extreme cases but large portion of what we're talking about is in older people. And when we talk about that population, it's really normal. As you said, I mean, you, to a degree, you're going to, you're going to get a a certain amount of arthritis in every joint in your body. If you live to a certain age, right. Which is natural. That's just, which is a normal thing. But Mm -hmm. that takes us to the fact that most people will say, especially your older population will say, well, it's all the wear and tear on my joints from the years of, tennis specifically so we're talking about golf it's the years of golfing has resulted in me having arthritis in my back arthritis in my knees arthritis in my hips it's the wear and tear that has resulted on that um that's that's probably the most common thing that people will hear and listen to do you hear that same thing i mean that is what i hear all the time yeah no that's number one wear and tear it's uh it's from you know it's from all my years of playing high school football and you know all those summer practices it's from you know years of cycling on the weekends and just wearing out my knees it's from you know yeah all those rounds of golf that's that's far and away number one right and again that 
albeit contributes like where like you know using your joints can contribute to them having arthritis long term but you're also forgetting the fact that you have genetics plays a role in your arthritis injuries plays a role i mean so anyone on here that's listening that's had a meniscus tear and they've gone in and they've cut that bad boy out you don't have a meniscus in your knee anymore so generally speaking we see an increase in the amount of arthritis that occurs at the knee uh, I just had this conversation with a patient recently that they wanted to do a meniscectomy. They wanted to cut it out. And he's like, my knee doesn't really hurt. So, I, you know, I don't know if I really want to do that, especially because I really don't want my knee replaced right now. He's like 62 years old. And I was like, don't go get it done. We'll, we'll conservatively yeah. treat this first and then we'll go from there. A lot of people are getting meniscus surgeries, especially when they cut the meniscus out and they're expediting the process of the knee. I'm going to say degrading, although I don't really like using that word, developing more arthritis and possibly leading to the future of a knee replacement. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't do that, especially when it's so common for them to have arthritis in the knee. And we can talk about meniscus surgeries later, but they're way too often performed. Yeah. And you have to realize, you know, you're all the, all basically when we're talking about arthritis, we're talking about cartilage, right? And cartilage just basically is coats the ends of your bones, right? So in your knee, it coats the end of your shin bone and the end of your thigh bone. And it's meant to slide and glide and help, you know, help things move smoothly when you bend your knee or bend any joint. Over time, to a degree, that's going to kind of, it, it may wear out, but it, it it's a very low blood flow area, right? So if, as long as we're moving and kind of getting blood flow in, in those areas, you should be pretty much fine. I mean, I tend to find that the people that get it the most are like lawyer. I've had a couple of people who are lawyers and they sit at a, at a desk all week and they're like, Oh yeah, I just like, you know, they never move their legs. They're, they're just sitting in the same position all the time. And I think it's a big time blood flow kind of a thing. Yeah. You know? I would say uh, that we also have so much evidence to the fact that loading is good for, I mean, the number yeah. one defendant, which we'll talk about this later against arthritis is actually moving, is loading the joint. Right. Uh, and to your point, if people are sitting all day long, you know, my average person that has like really nasty arthritis is not very active. No. They're just not, they're not very active. So we will, we'll, we'll kind of dive down that rabbit hole, but I, I want to go back to something that we talked about a little bit earlier about wear and tear and what that can lead to. So a lot of people, you just talked about cartilage, right? So I'm losing my cartilage in my knee. I've lost the mm-hmm. cartilage. I have no cartilage in my knees. That's a common thing that you'll hear is I have no cartilage. I'm bone on bone. That's your biggest thing. And so physically speaking, sure. Could you be quote unquote bone on bone? Yeah. If you've lost the cartilage at the ends of those joints, as Tim was just talking about, Sure, your bones are interacting more than they normally would. It doesn't mean that there's like nothing else in there. You still have the fluid of the joint. You still have all that motion. But that is something that scares people. So from a belief standpoint, which we can talk about a little bit more, I think that's the biggest thing is that people look at arthritis as this big omen or this bad omen that they're going to have A, pain, and B, something's going to have to be done about it. I've got to get my knee replaced or there's a vulnerability involved in that. So if you, if you say to me, Hey Jackson, your knees are, you know, you've got a lot of arthritis in your knees. It's really bad and it's bone on bone. And, you know, I'm not really sure what we can do about this. 
I now feel vulnerable. I feel like I have a disability, so to speak, like something is wrong with my knee. And that is the most common thing that I see when it comes to arthritis, specifically in golfers, where they come in and they go, you know, I've just got so much arthritis in my wrists, or I've got so much arthritis in my, in my hips, I can't make a good turn. You know, I can't hit the ball with the same power that I had. It's hard for me to get my hit. Like it hurts my knee to walk the course and they view themselves as fragile, which is the most common thing that I'm seeing is that my bones are becoming bone on bone. They're degrading rapidly. It's only going to get worse. It's going to create more pain as time goes on. And there's really nothing I can do about it. And I'm essentially fragile. Right. And I think that brings us to the second question I'll ask people. So I'll ask them, you know, you know how do you know you have arthritis or, do, you know, do you have pain or, and then I'll ask them, what are you doing about it? And usually, usually the answer is nothing. Right. And I think because it is so scary sometimes when you hear bone on bone or you hear, you know, you'll hear, um, you know, you have the knees of an 80 year old and you're, you're like 40 right. or, or 35. Yeah. Um, and you just get scared out of doing anything and there's always something that you can do. Right. right. Almost always the human, the human body is, is designed to move and to interact with the environment around you to interact with people. So that's a, that's a right. big part of this is you've got to get moving and, and not only get your joints moving so that they're, you know, being used in the way that they're designed, whether they have cartilage mm-hmm. or not, right. They're designed yeah. to move. And then I'll let you get back to your life because I mean, that, there's a, there's a real, um, you know, emotional component to pain. You, you, you see people <laughs> with depression and anxiety having more pain. You see people that don't have social interaction having more pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we've got the physical, but then we've also got that, you know, being out on the course with the boys and, and having fun for four or five hours on a, on a Saturday. Very true. Very, very true. And so you talked a little bit to that emotional component. That to me is one of the bigger pieces. And I say emotional, I'll I'll even call it cultural or social, where what your doctor tells you about arthritis or what your family has told you, whoever it ends up being, what your friends, oh, you've got arthritis. Ah, you're going to have to get that replaced in a few years. That plants seeds in your head about what arthritis is. And they're not good seeds. Right. You'll often say, so one of our biggest things that we'll hear is because I've played so much golf, because I've swung the club so much, that's why I have arthritis. It's the reason I got arthritis or because I've worked in construction my whole life or because I've done whatever. That's why I have arthritis and that's why I have pain. And Tim just spoke about the fact that that's not the pain is complex. It's multifaceted. Right. There's social components. There's cultural components. There are physical components. There's no doubt that the, you know, that physical plays a role in that. But that's not everything. And so one of the things that I debunk with people pretty quickly is that I have arthritis because of swinging the golf club or because of walking courses my whole life. Uh, You'll see this the easiest examples in running. You know, if you've run your whole life, you're going to have arthritis in your knees. I'll be very clear. We have basically zero evidence that that is true. Lifting weights, running, golfing, any sport. We don't have proof that there's a direct correlate between arthritis and the sport, especially because we just talked about earlier, loading is the best way that we handle 
arthritis. It creates better self-efficacy, better tissue loading ability, stronger muscles, better joint health, which if we're talking about arthritis, best way to improve your joint health is to load the joint appropriately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I can speak to being a runner that it sound at, at a first glance, like you'll hear a lot of runners say, well, I have thousands of miles in my legs, right? So they're just, my legs are shot. And it's at first listen, it's like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. But then you think about it. There are elite runners that, I mean, they're guys that win marathons into their forties and they've been running since they were, I probably could walk, you know, they were like competing when they were 14, 15. So when you see, when you look into the running research, a lot of people that get pain, knee pain and arthritis, uh, related pain in running start later in life. They start after the age of like 40. Yeah. So it's, it speaks to the, the protective effect of really starting young and being active young to, to set the foundation for the rest of your life, because you can definitely do it safely starting later on, but you're going to have to do probably do a little slower ramp up or at least mix things up a little bit more just because your body isn't used to, you know, used to moving or, or being used and, and that sort of thing. Well, and Part of it too is that people have this misconception that arthritis is a, it's going to constantly go down or get worse. Like it's mm -hmm. always going to get worse. And the reality of it is, is that arthritis for everyone is variable completely. Some people experience it more. Some people don't experience it. Key factor. There are people that if you were to look at x-rays of them, you're like, holy shit, you're riddled with arthritis. Yeah. All of your joints are full of arthritis and they have no pain whatsoever. Yeah no issues to speak of at all. And then somebody else who's got eh, very low arthritis, really not a whole lot, and they are super pain. So understanding that and give, providing that to people is key. And so that they're not feeling like this is, this is only going to get worse. I'm right. only going to, I'm only going to struggle with this longer over time. And it's a result of me doing something that I like, which is something you don't really want to have that in your mind correlation, like, Oh, golf created this. And now it's stopping me from golfing. Right. You know, if you were to get hit in the head with a golf ball, like, yeah, sure. Golf called that, but it's not the same as like, I've took a bunch of swings until my back is <laughs> riddled with arthritis now versus the drunk guy in the cart hit me. Yep. Yep. It's, it's interesting when you look at, uh, there was one study through the ages where it looked, it compared industrial age, uh, people to modern day and their rates of osteoarthritis and like arthritis yeah. related pain yeah. way lower in, in the industrial age. And you think, you know, if you heard like, I don't know, maybe your, your older uncle or your grandfather talking about that, like, oh yeah, that was backbreaking work. They really, it really wasn't because they didn't have a, as much arthritis. Like it wasn't as common. Yeah. It, it makes you think like, you know, the, the big difference is that we don't walk places anymore, really. Right. You get in your car and drive there. You sit at your desk uh, to work all day instead of like standing, walking around your farm or, you know, walking around a factory or standing all day or, you know, oh. doing something physical. Um, it's interesting. Well, to that end, we're just sedentary today. Like as, as generally speaking, we are a more sedentary culture. I mean, to this day, the number one killer in the United States is heart disease. Mm -hmm. Number one, which isn't for the most part, a very preventable disease. Certainly there's genetic components there, but 1800 people a day, roughly 1600 to 1800 people a day die of heart disease, right? We're just obesity. 
They're talking about 50% of our population being obese very soon. Yeah, that's a crazy that's number. A, that's a huge number. And when you want to talk about arthritis, you want to talk about pain at a joint. If you are putting more weight into a joint than is really supposed to be there. Excuse me. Holy smoke. We're burping on air. This is terrible. Getting gassy. What is <laughs> Yikes. Release the Kraken. <laughs> no, I, was, I was probably more dry heaving after watching the Red Sox yesterday. But anyways. Yeah, we don't talk about that. <sighs> but so back to burping and obesity. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, being heavy is not going to help your cause. Putting no. more weight through that joint than it is really trying to carry isn't going to help you. I mean this kindly. Most joint replacements I see are not fit people. Mm -hmm. They're just not. Most joint replacements I'm seeing are generally overweight people who exercise relatively little right. in a clinic sense. Yep, I, I would agree. And, you know, older, overweight uh, not, not very active, but I mean, it, you, no. you think you, well, I have a buddy who I'm helping lose some weight. Right. And he just, he just went from 270 to 244. Right. So 26 pounds. Right. That's like, we're, we're both having, uh, kids. That's like three babies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like off your body. You think about it in that regard and it's like, wow, that's a lot. Yep. You know, so it's a lot of extra you're carrying around all day. Which, you know, potentially will make, I don't know, you, you see some overweight people, you know, I have a friend who's like, I have huge calves because I'm just carrying this weight all day. It's like, well, that's great, but you have all this extra weight on you, on, on your stomach, on your, you know, around your organs. It's it's just not not a good thing. And then your joints are taking that much more stress. Well, and forget the physical component of that for a moment, although that plays a role, but think of just the systemic problems there like global inflammation from yeah. however you're eating, you know, thinking about wherever your hormones are. And I'm not saying that we're going to get into like the hormone debate here, but generally speaking, being heavier, you're going to have higher issues, higher blood pressure, you know, heart issues, lung issues, um, cholesterol issues. All of that plays a role in your joint health, mm -hmm. right? The nutrition of your body plays a role in how everything works. Um, and then again, we can go back to the point of, you know, the emotional state of your life, depression, anxiety, all of these kind of things. And so, you know, arthritis is multifactorial and what affects it, right? That's the key thing that, that we want to talk about or explain to people. So for all of our golfers listening, understand a couple of things. Number one, arthritis is normal, completely normal, right? I think if you look at, what was it, over the age of... 45, like almost 45% of people have mm -hmm. arthritis and are asymptomatic. They have no symptoms. They have no pain. They have nothing. So most people have it. It's completely normal, right? That's number one. You have to understand that just because the doctor says, oh, well, you've got arthritis. That's fine. It's like wrinkles on the inside is what I'll tell people. You get wrinkles as you age, you get arthritis as you age. It's a normal part of the aging process, right? So that's, that's number one. Number two, just because you have arthritis doesn't mean it's going to get worse. Mm -hmm. It's not always going to degrade over time. So we have this concept that we become fragile, which is really the biggest thing that we want to avoid. You know, we want uh, on our last podcast, Alex used the word robustness. And I freaking love that word. I want to use it from now on. You know, we you need to feel 
confident in yourself that you are robust. You have a level of robustness to, <laughs> to add to the world. Um, but that's a very important factor. One, arthritis is normal. Two, it does not mean it's going to get worse. It does not mean that you are fragile in nature. Right. And it's, yeah, there's no quick fix for arthritis, right? It's going to happen to a degree. You're going to lose some of your mm -hmm. cartilage in your joints as you age. Some of the treatments you'll see where the people get like shots of, um, you know, hyaluronic acid into their, they're essentially trying to like carpet bomb your joint with the cartilage cells, hoping they're going to stick and grow. It doesn't really work like that. No, it, you know, it's, it's not going to hurt anything, but it's really, it's really not going to help anything either. So the things that have shown to help with slowing down that, that breakdown, if it is going on, are loading the joint, doing things like squats, like, you know, just different movements, depending on the, the joint here, you've got the arthritis or the pain in different movements to load that joint gradually, get it stronger and stronger and, you know, go from there. But Tim, what about Tylenol? What about steroid injections? What about, you know, glucosamines? And, you know, what about taking Voltaren all the time or putting Voltaren on all the time? Like, don't those things, you know, change the joint or help the joint or get rid of the arthritis in there? Don't those do all, all of that? I'm sorry. Negative. Negative. Just going to be, you know, you're going to be masking your symptoms. That's it. You're just going to, you'll feel better you, potentially, you know, for a little bit. So other thing to consider is understanding that what he's saying is that those things can help, but also you get a meaning effect from them. If you expect something to work, it is more likely to work. So when we look at steroid shots and we look at Tylenol and we look at Voltarens and we look at you know, taking which one was that? <laughs> that I, did you ever see Bruce Almighty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's like dubbing him while he's on the radio station. <laughs> like, My that's tiny you... little nipples went to France. <laughs> uh, that's what it's uh, happened to you. Someone just possessed you. I just got, yeah, my dog just did that just to laugh. <laughs> Not my buddy. No, uh, glucoso, glucosamine. Damn. Here we go. <laughs> glucosamine chondroitin. Shit. Yeah. Anyways, if you can't say it, those... it doesn't work. That's where we're going to leave Seriously, it. Seriously, <laughs> it's, it's too many ingredients. Um, all of those things, the steroid injections and all of that versus placebo tend to show absolutely no difference. So a lot of people get a huge meaning effect out of, I expect this to work and then it works. Certainly there's some anti-inflammatory properties of some of those things. But again, just because we said arthritis doesn't mean there's a bunch of inflammation in the joint, right? Pain is caused by a lot of things. So we're not really sure. So although those things can be supplemental, right? They can be add-ons. They are not our first course of action against arthritis. They are not the first thing that we want to do when it comes to that. Personally for me, well, let me ask you, Tim. So what's the first thing you want to do with somebody who's who's dealing with arthritis? A golfer comes in, you know, hey, you know, my, you know, my, my lead knee, my left knee is really bugging me. I've got a lot of arthritis in there. I don't really know how to, you know, it's bothering me to turn. I get into my downswing and I just, I can't finish. You know, what do I do? What, where would you go with that kind of person? 
first things first, I'm asking them, you know, how, how much they're playing when, when during the round it's happening, all that. And then what they're doing for it, if they're doing anything right. So are they going to the gym before their round and getting on the bike for 30 minutes? And, you know, does that help at all or not? You know, try to get an idea of what they're, what they're doing as far as that goes from there, you know, does it feel like that's helping or not? Because sometimes people do stuff just because it's like it's habit, but it doesn't make anything feel better. And sometimes it makes it worse. Like I've had people that do that. They're like, well, I, you know, I went out for a long bike ride this morning and my back flared up really bad. It, it sucks to sit at my desk, but I have to do it. It's like, well, I don't know why you're doing that. Um, no. so, so we want to find out where they're at. What, how much activity causes how much pain? How long does it last? And that'll give us an inclination as far as how, you know, how sensitive this is. I don't like to say how bad this arthritis is, right? I I tend to say how like how sensitive is this arthritis? Because if when, when we think about it, you know, you do, when you, when you have arthritis pain, there's, you know, as you said before, there are people that probably have a knee or a joint that looks exactly the same as you, but have no pain at all. So we can't just blame, we can't just blame that. I, I like to call it sensitive versus bad. Um, but yeah, that's where I start. Where, where, where do you tend to start just as far, as far as the conversation goes? Same place. The only thing I would, everything you just said is the truth. The only thing I add is what people believe sure. about it. You Definitely. know, getting, so for me, a lot of times we go to like the second thing, which is like, especially in like the PT and strength world for people like you and I, where we do want people exercising and we want to load them. Again, exercise doesn't fix everything, mm-hmm. but it sure helps mitigate a lot of the bad things that can happen. But for me, you can't start doing that stuff until I understand where you're coming from. So you'd already talked earlier about like, well, what have you done? How is it working? Is it doing anything? But I want to know what people's beliefs are about arthritis. Well, what have people told you about it? Mm-hmm. Have they told you that you're bone on bone and that you need a knee replacement and that, you know, you really shouldn't play golf this much because, you know, it might degrade further. All of that helps me to approach them in a better way. Cause I could be a jerk and be like, ah, arthritis is nothing to worry about. You're going to be fine. And then I've challenged their belief and that tends not to help that people tend to back into a corner. And so I'm better off getting to know their beliefs on arthritis, on injury, on where it came from on, and on if they think there's anything they can do about it. And then I can start to, you know, plant some seeds about, Hey, Arthritis is pretty common as a matter of fact, you know, but it can be a really devastating thing for people. It can really bother people, you know, but this is what we can do about it. This is our best options to deal with it. And a lot of times, even the same in the same breath that people are like, oh, well, you know, I've had an injection in there and I take I take this. I like putting ice on it or I like putting heat on it. When people ask me my opinion on that, my first question is, does it help? (laughs) Right. If heating, putting heat on your knee makes it feel better, put heat on your knee. I'm okay with that. If it makes it feel better, go ahead and do it. It's just not going to be the only thing that we do. I don't want to destroy people's whole concept of how to get better if they get relief from something. But once they get some relief, are we doing the real things necessary to help them get better from there? I think that's where we get a little bit in the weeds, especially as clinicians and strength coaches. with clients and you, those of you listening that are golfers, you know, a lot of times 
people might be like, oh, you're, you're using the Theragun all the time. Like that's your only thing that you use or you foam. I foam roll for everything and that solves all my problems. Well, if one of us tells you, well, you're an idiot, you shouldn't do that. That's not going to make you trust us. And it's not going to help your knee arthritis. We're not changing anything. I'm not helping you play better golf. So it's important in my mind that when you talk to a clinician or you're speaking to somebody about your arthritis or they've spoken to you about it, that they're trying to understand your point of view. You know, what do you believe about this? Okay, these are your beliefs. I got it. We can structure around that. Okay, you like to use a little bit of ice here. You know, you take aspirin a couple of days a week. Okay, I see what you're coming up with. Does that stuff help? Oh, yeah, a little bit. All right. Well, this is what we can do about that. Right. So let's let's dive into that, Tim. So biggest, most effective things that can help people with arthritis. Right. So number one, load management. Mm -hmm. And for tell the people, tell the people. (laughs) Honestly, for this, I keep it super simple. My buddy and I like talk about this all the time. We're like, it cannot be this easy, but it really is. You do like we find a movement that's painful, right? So with a lot of people uh, that have knee pain that I see, it's either like a squat. So you're like sitting and standing or it's like a split squat. So one foot's forward, one foot's back and you're doing the same. You're moving up and down. I, I have them go to the point where it's a little bit painful. I usually give them like some kind of a window. And I say, okay, I want you to do this until your muscles around your knee, like your, you know, your quads, your get tired. And that's it. And then we, you know, as the, as whatever we start with gets easier, we make it harder and harder from there. But I literally just have them go to the edge of some discomfort, do, you know, do a bunch until you're tired. And then as you keep doing it, that, that like edge you can go into goes further and further and there we have it. Boom. End of story. So the easiest way to look at arthritis in terms of how we approach it, best evidence, mind you, this isn't some like bull crap that we're concocting out of nowhere. Our best evidence against arthritis at this point, or at least not against arthritis, but to handle arthritis, Mm -hmm. load management. Tim just talked about that. So for instance, if you're getting up and down from a chair and that feels okay, but if I give you a five pound weight and it bothers your knee, that's too high of a load. Mm-hmm. for where your tolerance is, excuse me, to movement right now. So if that's our ceiling, then we'll stay below that, you know, or maybe 10 reps is bothersome, but eight reps is fine. Awesome. We're going to hit that eight rep range for a few days. And then we're going to go maybe to 10 and then maybe we'll add an extra set. And then maybe we'll add some more weight, whatever it ends up being. So golfing, an easy one that I see with people is, you know, I can play about nine holes and then it starts to get a little sore. Fine go play nine holes. And mm-hmm. then when it starts to bother you, you're done. And then in a week after we've added some other things in, how much can you play now? Oh, I played 11 holes and then it started to bother me. Awesome. Fine. Come on back. Right. It's load management. The other part of that is graded exposure. Mm-hmm. We're gradually exposing you to higher volumes, uh, higher loads, um, higher velocities with your club head. You know, I've had people who like, especially if they've got like shoulder discomfort or shoulder arthritis where I'll be like, Hey, we're just going to go with like a three to nine swing 50%, just a nice cut. And that feels okay. I'm like, okay, "Okay, let's expand that a little bit. Okay. Now let's expand that or let's use some of your other clubs and let's expand that. That's graded exposure. You're gradually exposing the tissues to higher loads, which is managing the load 
over time. And then just generally speaking, physical activity. Can I get people to hit the physical activity guidelines, which Tim and I have talked about before? We can revisit them now. So 150 to 300 minutes of moderate aerobic activity per week and two days of whole body resistance training per week. If you can just do that, you have helped mitigate the effects of arthritis, mm -hmm. air quote, time. Anything, anything more to add to that? No, I think then, you know, that's the minimum where to start. And then if you want to add more, you can always do that and work with a professional like one of us that can help, you know, help structure that for you. Because you are going to have a, you know, a sensitive knee. So if you push it a little hard, it might bark at you for a week or two or, you know, a day. But that's all part of the process. Tim just made a super good point. A lot of people don't know where to start when it comes to this stuff. They're like, well, do I squat? Do I lunge? Do I press? Do I not press? Do I play golf? Do I not play golf? You know, that is where guys like Tim and I come in, right? We we step into that gap of unknown between like, I don't know how to handle this and the answers. Like we will help you get to that point. And so knowing that like, hey, how's that feel? Oh, that's a little uncomfortable. And then we can give you a variety of options. Obviously, most people, if they just take the information we just said, can do this on their own, mm -hmm. right? I'm not here to be a snake salesman, right? A lot of people are capable of figuring this stuff out, but having the accountability of people that understand what you're going through is a helpful part, right? And a good coach will know that, be it guys like Tim and I, or a good you know strength coach that's local to you or a good PT. If they're not talking about loading you, go find somebody else. Right. If yep. all they're talking about is dry needling and tens units and heat and ice and massage, and if that's all they're talking about, you're seeing the wrong person because they clearly don't either know they're either ignorant to it or they don't care about you performing better on the golf course. Right. You can't, you can't always just rest or, or, you know, wait for things to heal and get better. You all, you have to do something actively to get, to get better and, yeah, if you're not doing it, you're you're just hurting yourself. You're you're kicking the can down the down the alley. Amen to that. Also, as always, sleeping. You have to find a way to sleep. Sleep is one of the yes. biggest things people miss. Yeah. And this is forget arthritis. Name a condition. Not sleeping enough will affect it. Tim understands that right now. He's a new dad. I understand that for the last six weeks because I'm a new puppy dad. Yes. And we went to New Orleans for a wedding this weekend. Not much sleep there. And a wedding tomorrow. Next weekend's Halloween. The next weekend we have another wedding. Well, it's just like. Keep the train rolling, baby. Let's go. It's wedding season. <laughs> oh, wow, what a great movie. Excellent. 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 I could. I wish I could be. Actually, so the the guy that's wedding is tomorrow. My buddy's from grad school. And so all of our buddies first got to know me because they're my best friend from grad school. will say, yeah, so the first time I met him, he basically just talked about how he had watched Wedding Crashers like 10 times in the last two days and could quote every line of it. <laughs> and that's why I knew we were going to be friends. <laughs> oh, it's such a fantastic movie. It's an excellent movie. Excellent. Even Those on TV, are... that's how you know it's good. Even on TV, when it's edited, it's still good. Oh, yeah. That's not, not the X-rated edition. 
<laughs> I like it. All right. So we have discussed. That's arthritis. Arthritis. Simple. Don't, don't overcomplicate arthritis. Stiffness, lack of motion, pain at a joint. That's arthritis, right? Can affect all the joints in your body. The knees tend to be the most affected. Most people think that it's bone on bone or there's a bunch of wear and tear because of what they do. It's getting worse or it's abnormal. It's only going to get worse as I age. None of that is really true in like its own little ways. Best ways to fight it, gradually load up the joint in a, in a normal, in a range of motion that doesn't super bother it gradually over time, sleep well at night, eat well, make some love once in a while. There you go. That's it. And we, we don't say this to belittle, like if you have arthritis pain, to belittle that. It's real. It can really suck. Like arthritis pain can be super shitty. Absolutely. But you have to do something about it, as we just discussed. Well, and you have to put the ball in your own court. Right. If you think that it is causing you all this pain and it's limiting you and it's because of outside factors, you're only going to lose. Mm-hmm. Right. We call it an external locus of control where you think that outside forces are basically like, I can't do anything because it's bone on bone. Right. Well, we want to flip that script. We want to make it where you are in control of the issue. Okay. Right. I've got arthritis in my knee. Here's what I, I'm going to do about it. I'm going to get in the gym. I'm going to take care of my nutrition. I'm going to watch how I'm sleeping. I'm going to do all of those things so that I can impact this as opposed to it's bone on bone. There's nothing I can do. I'm vulnerable. I'm fragile. End of story. That's where you don't want to be. You really don't want to be there because that's only going to hurt you. And that only perpetuates it because it's not going to make the arthritis worse probably, but your perception of it, your sensitivity to it is increasing. You're more aware of it. It scares you more. And that's only going to lead to more fear and anxiety. And as we talk about in this podcast all the time, you are responsible for your own life. Yes. That's a good transition to uh, what's going on with Rory. Because I think he's he's having a little bit of that uh, realization himself that he's got to take things into his own hands and really, you know, clean, clean up his act. And be okay with being him. Yep. Exactly. So he... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll chop up a couple of clips and throw throw them in here. But he had a really interesting question or answer to the question uh, of, did you have to convince yourself that you were, it, it was essentially, did you have to convince yourself that you're a winner or that you, you, you still had it to win? And he said, I mean, kind of, yes. Like you have to, you have to realize that you have the game to win because you've won before. Do you have to remind yourself that you're capable of it? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I guess, like, I knew, you know, I shot, you know, I was nine under through two days here and didn't feel like I played played my best. I, you know, I left a few out there. I made a triple boogie on the first day. You know, so I knew there was there was a low, there was a low weekend in me. Um, and then to shoot, you know, the most of the work was done yesterday to shoot the 10 under and get myself into the last grip. I knew today it was just a matter of, you know, just keep applying the pressure, keep hitting fairways, keep hitting greens. And if I do that, um, you know, I feel like I, I would have a really good chance. And, okay, then last thing for me, uh, you talked a little bit yesterday about, about routine, mental stuff, visualization, things you're working on. Yeah. Um, is there any way you can elaborate a little bit more on, on 
what you're trying to do, and is, is any of it post-rider related? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, so um, I don't even think it's post-rider cup related. I think it's just post the last six months related in terms of, I, I need to, you know, I, I said to, um, said to Kira out there on the broadcast that uh, I feel like the last couple of weeks I've realized that just being me is good enough. Um, and maybe the last few months I was trying, not trying to be someone else, but maybe trying to add things to my game or take things away from my game. And, you know, I, I know that, you know, when I, when I do the things that I do well, you know, this is what I'm capable of. I'm capable of, you know, winning a lot of events on the PJ Tour and, you know, being the best player in the world, something we talked about at the start of the week as well. So um, it's just a matter of me me getting back to playing golf. I'm playing golf my way. Um, and that starts with being creative and being visual um, and maybe sort of, you know, sifting through the technical thoughts and not maybe being as technical with it. Right. And he said he wasn't necessarily trying to be someone else, but he uh, tried to add too much to his game where he just recently started focusing on his strengths. Like, what am I good at? What got me here? Let's make those so fucking good that no one can beat me. Boom. He, he found himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To your point, he just took he took onus. He mm-hmm. took responsibility for which. I, what I like that he said is that he he was doing something that wasn't helping. Realized that and decided to correct it. I think too often, especially with golfers. Well, I don't say especially with golfers, but with all people, you see them where they go. Eh, you know, I really wasn't doing anything wrong, but you know, I just, you know, I just like you're too good to have screwed up. Right. Like that dude was devastated at the Ryder Cup. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm glad we whooped their ass, but it's one of the best golfers in the world who played awful for most of that weekend. And to be able to say, you know what? I don't need to be looking for anything. I don't need to be somebody else. I don't need to act like I'm somebody else. I don't need to be so hard on myself. I just need to go out there and expect to win and be me. Like being me is okay. Cause everyone was talking about him trying to be Bryson or hit right. the ball further, which I think, as a whole, we can talk about this. I think a lot of the golf world's feeling that way right now. Everybody wants to hit the ball further. Everybody wants to get big and jacked and all these things. And sure, some of that can be helpful, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a great golfer. Like as good as Bryson has played, he's not the best golfer in golf. Yeah. He doesn't win every weekend. He doesn't win every weekend. He competes, but he's had some tournaments where he sucked Mm -hmm. because that's golf. But each person has to play their own game. Right. And that uh, that was part of Rory's thing, too. The next clip I'll put in is, was about his practice, where he said he was just working on stuff for no reason. Just working like he needed a long list of oh. things to work on. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a great way to start the season. Um, I've got nothing coming up for the next four weeks. I've got four weeks at home at home before I go to Dubai. Um, but it's four weeks to to build on what's just happened here. Um, work on some, you know. I think that's the thing as well. I, you know, the, the last few months I feel like I've never worked as hard, uh, and ne- and haven't. I've I got not got so little out of it, but I didn't get what I wanted to get out of it. Where, you know, I just need to 
just be a little um, just be a little better with what I practice and when I practice. And um, as I said, like the whole week leading up to this, all I did on the range was try to visualize every shot that I hit, try to see draws, see fades, see high, see low. Uh, and really just play around with it. Um, and the more and more I did that, and the more it feels comfortable on the course doing that. Um, and that's playing golf. You know, that's just getting back to hitting shots. And, um, you know, when it boils down to it, that's all you need to do out there or hit the shots. And um, sometimes I forgot that in a, in a quest to try to be too perfect, probably. Um, but this week was a great reminder that you don't need to be perfect to, to be a great golfer. Prompted that moment of clarity when did that realization come to you um probably the sunday singles uh, at the Ryder cup um i went out against Sander and like all i wanted to do was win the point right like that's all i could do couldn't do anything else um hadn't done much else the rest of the week and i went out there and i won my point by doing whatever i could i wasn't trying to be perfect i wasn't trying to hit shots that I wasn't comfortable hitting or I just, I went out there to try to, to win my match and I did. And, you know, I think part of the, part of the, the sort of emotion at the end of it was, was to do with that week, but it was also probably to do with the last few months in terms of searching to try to get better and, and sort of the realization that I don't need to search for anything. It's all right here. So that every time he was out there, he was thinking about all these different things and it just tripped him up. He said he got back to, just being creative and and trying to shape shots versus thinking about technical, you know, my hands need to be here. I need to turn there and, you know, focus on the the little inner workings, just focus on the outcome and, and having fun and, and being positive out there. So he, right. So he said he went back to just practicing that way versus hitting a thousand balls and, working on a thousand different things. Well, and he'd also talked at some point about um, like being the perfect golfer Mm -hmm. and how that's just not realistic. Like, like you don't have to be a perfect golfer to be a great golfer. There's no such thing as perfect. Perfect is unreachable. We should always strive for excellence, but there's no, there's no such thing as perfection. You know, in my mind, perfection is found by the pursuit of excellence. That is perfection. Right. It doesn't mean it's going to be you make every shot. You know, it's the Jordan mentality of, you know, every shot I take, I think it's going in. And then the next one I think is going in. And the next one I think is going in. And then I just let my body go from there. It's not going to be perfect, but you're going to be good. I think Kepka, I posted this the other day where it was like, if you win 2% of the tournaments you play in, you're like a Hall of Fame golfer. 2%. Right? Perfection isn't even close. Oh, my bad. Uh, yeah, you look you at... Shut me <laughs> off. <laughs> Sorry, I had a little screaming baby in the background, so I muted it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, uh... little man. It's like, I heard you talking some shit about Brooks. <laughs> Screw Bryson. Um... <laughs> yeah, so what I was saying was uh, Tony Finau, you look at him, he's, he's coming second a bunch in top five, top tens, hadn't won in a few yeah. years, but he's still top 20 ranked in the world. You know, yeah. which is yeah. something Rory also said. He's like, I was playing. Everyone was saying I was playing terrible golf. I was, I should retire, and I'm number 14 in the world. And he was. Yeah. He talked about how he, you know, he played in his first European Tour tournament with some guy. I forget the name, 
he was 18 in the world at the time. And he was like, that'd be nice. To, that would be really cool to be like number 18 in the world. So, I mean, it's just perspective too, where, where you've been, where you've come from, what you've achieved. Cause obviously he was number one in the world for a long time. Um, yeah, it's just interesting now that he's realized, Hey, I, this is my goal when I was 16, just starting to play professional golf was to be in the top 20. I'm there. I've done more than that. And I'm still there. What is he? 32? Yeah. 32, maybe 34. I think he's 32. 32. He's something like that. So again, not, not an old man, especially in golf. Like the dude's probably going to play for another 30 years on tour or something crazy. Like he could, he could easily do those things. But the moral of the story is that he has made the decision that I was trying to be something I'm not in one way or another. I was focusing on ancillary things. I was trying to be perfect when perfect isn't real. I just need to go out there, try to be the best I can every day, take responsibility for the fact that things are tough. And to your point, have some perspective on what I want or where I am in this game. Like this is where I am and that's okay. I'm going to show up and it's going to undulate. Look at Spieth. I mean, Jordan Spieth went from Superman to nothing. And now he's kind of heading back towards Superman. Yeah. Right. You're not going to have consistent performance all the time. It's going to wax. It's going to wane. It'll have its ups. It'll have its downs. But your consistency and not letting the highs get too high, the lows get too low, and enjoying it is half the battle. That's Yeah. That's uh, all part of the Jordan mentality, right? Is I don't. When you go out for the big game, you don't think, oh, no, this is a big game. You think they have to deal with me like this is, you know, these motherfuckers have to deal with me. That's what he used I to hope, say. I hope I love that. I love that. I, I need to rewatch that whole series that came out. Like just just watch them talk just about like this is my expectation. I just I expect to win at everything. He talks about being on the airplane, like playing some kind of game with the guys in the front. They're like, dude, we're playing for like five bucks. He's like, I don't care. I want your yeah. money in my pocket. Yeah, he's throwing quarters the guy- with the security security guard. Yeah, quarters. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he just wants to win. Yeah, he just the, the guy. The guy was a winner, but he didn't expect everyone else around him to just acquiesce to that. Right. Like it was, I'm responsible for winning. Like no one's responsible for me shooting a better free throw or shooting a better jumper or making the right play. I am. I'm responsible for that. And I won't always make it, but I'm going to shoot it. Yep. Get out of my way. Which which was the Kobe mentality too. Kobe just <laughs> Kobe just shot it more often. Yes. <laughs> team <laughs> on his story, back. The story that Shaq told about like how the guys in the team were like, "Yo Shaq, can you can you go talk to Kobe about like not shooting the ball so much?" And uh Shaq's like, "It's like there's no there's no, uh, there's no I, or there's no we, or there's no I in team. And he's like, but there's an ME in that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he, t- I think he told that story at his funeral. That's cool. I thought that was like the best Kobe story ever. It and is. then he walks, like Shaq walks back and he's like, just rebound. Kobe ain't passing you the ball. Yeah. It ain't happening. If you get it, shoot it. Cause that's, that's all you're getting. The end of the story. Uh, I like it. I like it. I think that's I think that's all we got, man. I do too. And I I got a screaming baby, so I gotta go see what's going on. Yeah, you probably gotta go check that diaper. That's probably it's what got, it is. It's got a blowout up that back. Yeah, Ooh, we had a grace. Me. We had a grace period of like three days where it didn't smell. 
we're out oh, of that gone. grace period right now. It's I'd unfortunately smell it from where you are. I'm re- <laughs> I'm ready for the story of your first blowout, where it's just like up the back into his hair. Yeah, we didn't. We we were maybe halfway there last night. I, it was one of those. I opened the diaper. There wasn't anything. There wasn't like anything serious. And then as I got to the back half, it was <laughs> much much worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting so, worse. It's, oh yeah. no. It's all the way up. Yeah, yeah. It's I was like, oh, that wasn't too bad. Oh, here it is. It was just hiding. <laughs> That's so. disgusting. Yeah. Sounds exciting. Happy, happy dad. Happy dad to thank you. Thank you. It's fun. Welcome. All right, ladies and gentlemen. As always, give us a follow. Uh, we're on the socials at Revoto. Is it Tim Revoto? T Revoto.golf. There it is it's on the screen now for us. Follow him over there. I'm at jackson.anchorforge. Uh, as always, you guys need anything, make a comment. The stuff you want us to talk about, subscribe, click the bells for notifications, all that YouTube stuff. If you're listening on the Spotify's or the iTunes, give us a like, give us a rating, tell us how much we suck or that much you love us. How much you'd like your beard to look as grizzly as mine. Yes. And, you know, that's nice it. Also. As mediocre as mine. (laughs) Shout out to Black Rifle Coffee Company. This is my favorite shirt. You see it? It looks like a snake. Yeah, it's it's our. Don't tread on me. No, not quite. It's it's the join or die. So it's the snake Uh, with all of our thirteen colonies, but it's coffee or die. Coffee. I like it. I like it. Uh, Black Black Rifle is the best. I'm a basic white girl, and I've got their pumpkin right now. It's like the headless horseman. It's fabulous. I bet it is. I bet it is. You should get some. Maybe I'll send you some. That'll be a gift I give for you in the bay. I had a different gift, but I like that gift better. That would be beautiful. Either way. Be much appreciated. All right, people. Have a great day. This will be out ASAP. Go get some. That's it. Later. Bye out.